Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. I recently published a YouTube video, one about how to make money just using your voice only. And I shared a number of different ways that you could use just your voice, not having to put your face on camera, not having to write anything in order to generate an income. And in that video, I mentioned things like podcasting, I mentioned creating online courses and those kinds of things. And it actually encouraged a lot of people. You could even create YouTube videos without having to show your face and just using your voice only, which is exactly how I personally got started on YouTube as well. This video got a lot of great feedback. It actually went semi-tiny, little bit viral, meaning I found that YouTube was feeding it to a lot of people who didn't know me, which was fantastic. That's a, that's a great sign. However, there was one specific kind of way to generate an income using your voice that I personally don't have experience with. And uh, I mentioned that in the video, and a number of people said, hey, Pat, you should explore that a little bit more, which is why I'm excited to introduce to you this particular episode today because we dive deep into the world of voiceover work. If you have a voice and you can get in front of a microphone, you could potentially generate an income. And a lot of people love doing voiceover work because they get to like come out of their shell a little bit because they don't have to be seen. You just have to be heard. And all different kinds of voices, as you'll hear today, are needed. Even if you don't think you have a great voice, there's always a demand for all kinds of different voices. And today, to help me help you discover this world, I have a great friend on the show with me today, somebody who uh, is very influential in my career as a podcaster, and that is Mike Russell, who is one of the co-founders, along with his wife, Isabella, over at musicradiocreative.com. When you hear this person's voice, you're going to hear just a brilliant DJ-sounding voice. He's going to share a little bit about his story about how he got into voiceover work, and now he's built this amazing agency that allows any one of us, like a podcaster or a person who has a show of any kind, even on YouTube, to hire his service to create uh, intros to create music, to create royalty-free music, obviously, so that you can put them in your podcast. You can have and select from all different kinds of voices to have on your show. Very similar to how I have John Melly, who introduces the top of my show with the sort of movie guy voice, although John has a many number of different voices on, on, under his belt. He also, by the way, does the Australian voice in the social media 
marketing podcast uh, intro and many others that you might have heard on the interwebs. Anyway, this whole voiceover sort of space is really interesting. There's a whole sub sort of niche of people who are generating an income using just their voice only, whether it's character voices, voiceovers for commercials, voiceovers for radios and podcasts and that sort of thing. There's so much stuff here. And I just wanted to bring an expert on because I don't know any of this world in, in particular. And I wanted to share it with you as a potential solution for how you might be able to generate additional income in the comfort of your own home or wherever you might have access to a studio. And you don't need expensive equipment. You just need the right stuff. And we're going to talk about that stuff today. Again, Mike Russell from musicradiocreative.com. But first, let me introduce to you John Melly, who's my voiceover guy in my intro for Smart Passive Income. Here he is. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's flaked on getting his next tattoo at least three times, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 415 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. You know, when it comes to voiceovers, it just reminds me of my first experience with voiceover work. I actually hired somebody to read my architectural exam book. I actually bought a really cheap microphone back in the day. So here's a story. I created this study guide. This is what helped me sort of create my own business. It was a study guide to help people pass the architectural exam. My second product was the audio version of that. And I knew that I could potentially read this off myself. And I was like, I don't wanna spend, you know, $800 to $1,000 to have somebody read, you know, hours and hours of content for me when I could do it myself. So I bought a Logitech microphone. It was like one of those gaming ones because that's all I could afford at the time, you know, even though I had business money coming in, I, I didn't want to spend money on stuff I knew I could do myself. And this was my first lesson in outsourcing, by the way, too, at the same time. So I recorded the whole book. It took, you know, a couple weeks to get through and it was terrible. Like the audio quality was bad. I couldn't with good conscience post it up and have people buy it. So I scrapped it and I looked at a place called Elance, which is where you can go and hire uh, people online that recently changed to upwork.com, which you may have heard of. And I hired a voiceover person there for $1,200, but it was delivered within like a week. And it was the best audio quality I could have imagined. This woman's voice was so perfect. And I made up the cost of the $1,200 in half a day after selling it. Like that was another lesson in just investing in my own business. And so anyway, that was my first experience with a voiceover person. And then it was John Melly with my podcast and you know, all those kinds of things. So again, I'm, I'm rambling here. Let's get, let's, let's get to the interview with Mike Russell because he's got a great story. He has got a, an, an amazing voice and some really fantastic tips for how to break into this industry if you'd like to and how to get started and, and, and get out there. So here he is, Mike Russell from musicradiocreative.com. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Hey, Pat, it's great to be here. We're actually in the studio here at WeWork in San Diego. You're on a little world tour kind of uh, as you go around and go to these different events. And we just recently saw each other at VidSummit. And you are known in the space of voice and radio and podcasting the founder of Music Radio Creative, along with Isabella. And uh, she's not here today, but you guys have helped me out so much. You helped create the jingle for Ask Pat, 
for all of your beeswax. I mean, just amazing. I'd love to dig into your story a little bit. But first of all, like, how's the trip going? Thank you. Well, uh, yeah, it's going great. It's kind of like the grand tour of the West Coast of the US at the moment. So I've been in Vegas for an event there. Uh, we met in LA for Vid Summit. Now I'm here in San Diego uh, looking at your awesome podcast studio. Then I'm back up to LA uh, for more bits and bobs and eventually Adobe Max as well. So Adobe Max, what is that? That is Adobe's big conference every year. So every single year, uh, they get up on a big stage in the uh, convention center in downtown LA. This time, they have done it in other locations previously. And they announce all their big product updates. So everything that's new in Photoshop, everything that's new in Illustrator, InDesign, Premiere Pro, and of course, my favorite thing that I always wish for more airtime, Adobe Audition. Adobe Audition, yes. And that's what I use to edit my podcast now. Nice. And I've been using it for a couple of years. Love it. Not even scratching the surface of really what's possible. I think Adobe Audition to me initially was like every other Adobe product, which is a little overwhelming at the start, but obviously very powerful. So Adobe Max, it's sort of like the keynote that Apple gives every year, right? Exactly. With all their yes. new stuff. So any, any big news coming this year that you know about? Down the line, absolutely nothing that I know about until it's announced. Okay, so they keep it, they keep it pretty, pretty secret because you work with Adobe, right? Like yeah, you do I, some work for them. I, I am in a pre-release uh, group, but nothing nothing that I can say I know. <laughs> okay, I got you. You can tell me later offline then, I guess. Uh, very cool. So, okay, Music Radio Creative, for those of you who don't know, that's where you can go to get some really cool audio jingles. You can find a voiceover person to help you with your podcast intro, outro, uh, transitions, those kinds of things. You also help with podcast editing as Absolutely. well. How long have you been in this industry? Wow. In the podcast industry, I think my first introduction to podcasts was back in 2011. And actually, it was listening to you. You were one of my first podcasts. Really? Yeah, back in 2011. Because before that, I was a radio guy since about 1995. I worked in commercial radio, uh, worked in voiceover, um, always wanted to be on the air. It was my dream to um, be hosting a slot on Capital Radio in London. That was my, my favorite radio station, the epitome of making it for me. Uh, but I soon discovered when I started getting into radio studios that I far preferred the behind the scenes work, the audio production work, the making jingles and bits like that. And then listening to podcasts eventually got me into producing podcasts and eventually making my own. And here I am now, how bizarre is this, sitting in your studio talking to you many years later after first discovering Smart Passive Income back in the day. That's so crazy. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so what were your first moves when you started building businesses for yourself? Ah, that's a great question. So I think I listened to a lot of what you said and I started building an email list, which was absolutely amazing. I actually created one of the um, the pivotal moments for building my list was when I created a website giving away something for free. So it was a free jingle site, essentially, and I was giving away voiceovers that I'd created. Uh, and eventually, later down the line, I actually produced a few of those voiceovers. And I was blown away to see that hundreds, and in some case, thousands of people would download those samples uh, when I put them up there. And initially, when I first set the website up, because I set it up initially in 2005, I didn't even collect emails. I know you're going to cringe at that. I, just, I am cringing right I now. I put the samples there and just allowed people to download them. And I was on, I think I was on Bluehost because that was um, a recommendation at the time. And uh, yes, yeah, so I was probably using up all the shared bandwidth there. And then eventually you said in a podcast episode, you should really start an email list. So I started an email list and I was blown away when I actually got stats back on how many downloads were coming in. And I was like, this is cool. Cool. So what did you do with that email list? 
So I uh, started emailing them all the time with updates. I wasn't really very consistent in the early days. Now, thankfully, Isabella does it and she does it regularly. She does it every week. She updates everyone on what's going on at Music Radio Creative, weekly live streams, everything there, new products and bits like that. But it really wasn't organized back in the day. It was probably like, um, hey, I've got this thing. Actually, I, I took a tip from you, uh, a leaf from your book, Pat, when you said, actually, rather than sending these big emails with templates and graphics in, just send them from you with like plain text. And that was amazing. That was one of the tips that really got me going because I got so many replies to those emails. Uh, just as you've said in the past, it's like, you know, people think you're emailing them. So I would ask questions. I would like be, what events are you attending? Or what kind of jingle do you like? I don't know. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And it was, it was amazing. So you were just offering jingles and voiceover work. Were you doing this for individuals at this point, like getting custom work done for people? Or like, what was the business? You build the email list, sure. But like, where was this going in your mind? So uh, back in the day, up until about 2011, uh, this was just my side hustle. This was my, you know, extra money thing as I was working in radio. And it was just me on the website. I was the only voice at Music Radio Creative. And um, I would just, I would do the customer service. I would do the voiceovers. I would produce the jingles. I would send them out. I would do the follow-ups and everything like that. And mainly I was working with individual uh, radio hosts. So hosts that worked maybe on community stations or local. Uh, local radio stations, as we have in the UK, hospital radio stations, which I know they don't exist around the world. They are radio stations that broadcast to hospitals. And um, also DJs. We, I worked with a lot of DJs. We still do podcasters, not until later on. And that, that all came later on. That was kind of the big shift in everything, the acceleration, if you like, the hockey stick. When I started discovering podcasts, it started something in my life that could not be undone. It's totally changed my life. Um, for the better. I mean, I really enjoyed working in radio, but it was a job. So I was getting up early. I was hosting a breakfast show. I was waking up at four, sometimes 3.30 in the morning. And it's all right, but I'm sure every radio host that's listening to this can relate to the fact you'd have the three or four minute songs or sometimes Hotel California, and you'd be clicking around on Amazon or on CNN or just checking out what's going on. And you're like, oh, am I into this this morning? I don't know. You know, so I, I just thought there must be something more. And that's when the total freedom and everything Thing that you talk about and other business podcasts talk about. It's just like it kind of was a dream and then it's become reality now. It's kind of crazy. That's amazing. Well, congrats to you and Isabella for your success. And now the business, tell me about Music Radio Creative and what that business looks like to you as, as a founder of that company. Today? Yeah. Sure. So uh, today we're working with over 100 voice artists from around the world. They speak many different languages, so we don't just produce in English. Uh, we get a lot of orders in uh, Spanish, German, Italian, um, as we work with a lot of DJs in those countries, in European countries. We also work with many audio producers, not just now jingle producers, but we also have a, a kind of subdivision, if you like, of uh, podcast producers as well, because this is something that is fantastic. We really enjoy doing it. And a lot of podcasters don't want the hassle of producing their own shows. So this is a fantastic thing that we do. We work with musicians, jingle singers, everything. So my kind of ethos or our ethos is like, if it's audio, if you can hear it, if you can think about hearing it, then we can, we can make it for you. I'm really interested in the business model that you have and the fact that it's not just you creating these jingles anymore. You have talent that's on board. How, like... I'm just curious because there's a lot of people who don't want to do it themselves anymore too and they could potentially hire – you have essentially like an agency, if you will, that people can hire to get voiceover work done, jingles and whatnot. How do you find those people? 
How do you work with them? What are those, like, what is that business structure like? I'm curious. That's a really good question. So in the early days and still today, we do recruit quite a bit through industry websites. So we'll go through radio websites, media websites. Another great place that we've had a lot of success is Facebook groups and just asking around in Facebook groups, posting uh, jobs and bits like that. Like voiceover uh, groups? Yeah, definitely voiceover groups. Although now, after we kind of built our initial base of voiceovers uh, back in 2011, 2012, we work a lot from recommendation. So the voiceover industry is huge and dynamic, you know, from people who are, you know, just getting started on websites where they're testing, selling their voice right the way up to people who are using, you know, the top of the range microphones, uh, you know, and voicing movie trailers and, and TV and bits like that. So there are always people wanting to get into voiceover and we receive so many demos every day. Because they want to work with they, they know that you can give them leads, essentially, or, or business. Absolutely. That's right. So we work a lot off recommendation, which is really helpful, um, particularly uh, as we get clients in saying, can you do this? And then we'll go to our group of now 100 plus voiceovers and we'll say, OK, we're looking for a Greek voiceover. We don't have that. Is there anyone you can recommend? And almost always, you know, our group will come back and say, yeah, you should definitely try this person. Or we get um, character impersonations quite a lot. So uh, I need a really good Donald Trump. Can you do a Donald Trump and we'll post that in the group and they'll be like, oh, you need to talk to this person because they're really good at that. So bits like that. But also my advice to you listening now, if, if you're interested in voiceover and, and getting started with this, you need to do something to stand out from all the other demos that come in. It's like, hi, here's my demo. Uh, hope we can work together. It needs to be a bit more than that. You're uh, the master of the king pat of like standing out in the space and doing things different. So you really need to listen to a lot of what Pat says, uh, employ a lot of his tactics and uh, try and get noticed. Simple way would be just dropping something personal into the email. A little bit more than like, hi, Mike. Hi, Isabella. Um, I know you live on the Isle of Wight. Here's my demo. But if you actually record into your demo, here is my sample in 2019, or this is my 2020 sample that I'm sending you. And hi, Mike and Isabella. It'd be lovely to work with you. Just something like that would be awesome. I know other voice artists have sent like tea bags through the post, and but that's the old traditional way now. Sure, everything sure. is online. So. so something that's not just generic and probably sent out to the world to everybody, but something personal to you as somebody making a decision as far as whether that person should work with you or not. How, how else might a person stand out? Like, do you have any specific examples, perhaps? That's a really good question. So I would say uh, attend events in the space, uh, definitely, and not just voiceover events. There are a lot of good uh, voiceover conferences. There's uh, one in the UK, two or three, I think, in the US right now that I know of. But don't just attend uh, conferences in your niche, or is it niche? Niche we can argue about that for hours. <laughs> uh, so go to uh, events sort of outside your comfort zone. That is how the whole business grew for me with Music Radio Creative. It was attending early events about blogging, about podcasting, video creation, where I met people like yourself and others and connected. And we created that personal connection. And you can do that if you're a voice artist. Go and attend a, a podcasting event or a, a video event like uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, Vid Summit. You know, go and attend that and see maybe how your voiceovers could be used for video creators who are putting stuff out on YouTube. Make those connections. And, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, meet and chat to someone like myself and make the personal connection because that really helps. But anyone, anyone who you'd like to work with, if you want to work in medical voiceovers, maybe go and attend a medical conference and go and meet people there and say, how could you use my voice for explainers? that kind of thing. Can anybody be a voiceover artist? I believe it. Yeah. 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 Everyone's unique. Everyone's got a unique voice. 
you know, there's the stereotype of you have to have the deep, gravelly voice of, you know, in a world, all of that, you know, Don LaFontaine. But um, pretty much there's a need for any voice in any situation. Um, yes, some voices are more popular than others. And that's very apparent, you know, seeing the kind of statistics from my side. But also there's always a requirement for different voices, different languages. If you've got something unique, if you don't think your voice is, is the best, if you think, oh, no, my voice would never work out for voiceovers, think of something like maybe character impersonations is your thing or something like that. That's something that I believe can be learned. So, yeah. Do you do character impersonations? No, I'm terrible. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you could You could be that big giant character with a deep voice the only thing i think i can do is an american voice and now i'm gonna get lots of hate on that because <laughs> it's terrible well there's a lot of different kinds of american voices no i love that okay so let's say for example i wanted to get started in voiceover work yeah. how do i even get started i want to do it where do i even begin Okay, so you uh, need to get a microphone, and that's probably the single most important thing you can spend your money on up front. Obviously, there's the demo and bits like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, the demo, but on the microphone, will my podcast mic do justice, or should I invest in something, or can I go to somewhere to get in front of a mic and, and create something? Hmm, this is a really good question. So your podcast mic, if you're demoing for individuals or you're just throwing a demo online to see who likes it, it's a good start. It's better than nothing. And some podcast mics are very, very good. But if you're sending to um, a company that does this and works with voiceovers on a daily basis, uh, you definitely don't want to be using a podcast mic. 100% not. They so, have an ear for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a difference. And yeah, you want to, you want to get a pro mic. And uh, my advice would be if you're serious about voiceover, spend no less than $1,000 on a microphone, condense a microphone. That, that would be it if you're serious about it. But if you want to test the waters, by all means, if you've got a dynamic mic or you know, uh, any, any other mic, uh, go ahead and record on that. It'll still sound okay. You can do a lot with EQ as well. Um, yeah, but also you're going to get asked, you know, if you have a great voice, maybe the best voice in the world, one of the first questions will be, okay, really interested, what gear are you using? And if you come back and say, oh, I'm, I'm using, you know... A Blue Yeti or yeah. like a snowball or something. <laughs> yeah, the snowball or whatever, which are, you know, great mics for their purpose. But yeah, for voiceover, absolutely not. Okay. And then obviously the demo is important because that's going to sort of give people a sample of what you have to offer. What tips do you have for a demo? Like, well, how long should that be? What should be included in it? Okay, so I'd say no more than three minutes for a voiceover demo. Put your best stuff up front. Depends what kind of stuff you're going for. So if you're going for radio imaging or something like that, something that I specialize quite heavily in, uh, then you definitely want your big, powerful stuff up front with lots of um, you know sound effects. But if you're going for commercial reads or narration or audiobooks, uh, you just want a really good sort of taste of what you can do. And also variety. So if you can do different voices, do different voices, different situations as well. So maybe one is a clip of you uh, doing a, a jingle. One is a audiobook narration. Another one could be narration or talking to camera for a video. Why not make it into a, um, a video demo where you have uh, lots of graphics and maybe, you know, a motion image of you on the screen or something like that? Because a YouTube link, it's really easy to share. So, I actually have stumbled upon a number of voiceover people in the YouTube world where they just are building this giant following and building a personal brand 
behind their voice. And I think that's really smart. That's a great way to stand out. And whether you're doing voiceover work or not, sharing your skills in a public forum like that and gathering a following and just trying new things is really neat. There's this one woman, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she does a lot of, in one of her big videos that that, that got very popular, uh, was voicing every single Pokemon character. And so she would do like that, Pika, Pika, I can't do it. But she does it and it's like really cute. And then she does like Charmander. And then like she's making these facial expressions and you can't help but like connect with her because she's just so expressive and the voices are really good. You know, she pops a picture of the character up at the same time. Is that something that can help a person who's trying to get into that space is building sort of a following like that on on YouTube? And, and how might that help? Absolutely. Well, the way it will help, I think, is you will get leads yourself. So you may not have to sign up to an agency or an online company uh, like ours. You you might find that people are contacting you for inquiries. Um, if you build a YouTube channel, there's no limit to where you can go. I mean, uh, you've seen it with your channel, Pat. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've way crossed over 100,000 subscribers now. And I'm sure you're starting to see the, the benefits of people reaching out and saying, hey, I found you on YouTube and uh, let's do this collaboration or whatever. So um, that can come about via YouTube. If you're starting to build a following on YouTube, definitely find some way of getting them over to your site. And, uh, you know, getting people to just a simple inquiry form or something like that is a is a great way to start. But yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. We actually worked with a voiceover artist uh, who made the semifinals on Britain's Got Talent, which was really cool. And um, yeah, he's an excellent voice artist, and he actually he's he's actually done really well for his profile, from what I understand, because of that appearance. So again, you know, think outside the box, appearing on a reality show, appearing on a talent show, something that's going to give you exposure. If that's going to work for you. It can really help, I think, you know, in addition to marketing, sending out demos and all the rest of it. So how much can I expect to make as a voice artist? Oh, there's there's no limit, really. I mean, billions of dollars, <laughs> billions and billions. Um, yeah, I think some of the best voiceover artists uh, live very comfy lives. I'm I wouldn't be sure of the exact statistics of how much the top owners are making. But I certainly know that, yeah, you can make a very comfortable living in voiceover if you're good and if you're persistent as well. Persistence really pays off. And um, as you always hear, consistency of like constantly producing new materials and reaching out to people. I always, one of the things I do, Pat, is I wake up every day uh, and I think there is literally no limit to where we can go with this business. It's just how much time and also energy have I got to make that happen? It's like, okay, I could reach out to every single radio station in the US, but where do I start? Well, let's go through the states in order. Let's start with Alaska and reach out to the, the radio stations there kind of thing. And we'll get all the way through uh, to the end. And then there's Australia. And then there's uh, theme park audio, which we've just started doing, which is a really cool niche. And then there are voicemail messages. And every single government organization and county council in the UK needs a voicemail message. So it's just like there is no limit to the amount of work that's required. And yeah, I I only see it as a good thing. More people that get into voiceover because there's so much demand for it, um, as there are so many people who want to get into it as well. So when I get hired, I'm just curious. I just want to get some perspective. Just starting out, I have a demo it's okay. I did record it on a good mic and, you know, I put it out there and made, let's, let's just use the radio industry, for example. They're interested in having me film like a, or, or, or record like a commercial or something. What's the pay, what are the payment terms? What, what's that like? I, like I, don't, I have no idea how many dollars are being exchanged and for what. And I know there's a range, but typically what is, what is normal? 
Okay, so I can give you um, a little look into how it works in the UK, and I'm pretty sure it works in a similar fashion to the US. Um, but there's something in radio in particular called a rate card. And there are organizations now, the name slips my mind for the US, but in the UK, there's an organization called Equity, and there's an equivalent organization in the US. And they essentially set rates uh, depending on the size of the radio station. So the size, not of the amount of people who listen, but the potential amount of people who can listen. So if it's a radio station with quarter of a million listeners, uh, potential, then you're going to be uh, paid a lot less than you would for a nine million potential station, say for London, for instance. So those vary. So you can get anything from, let me just throw out some rates, but I'm probably thinking a couple of years back, maybe between 40 to 60 pounds, that's just shy of $100 for a commercial read for a very local radio station, right the way up to thousands of dollars for um, a city radio station. Or if you work with a big brand like a car company, you can get like tens of thousands of dollars just for one read. Just for one read. So when I'm hired... And let's say it's, you know, a few hundred bucks, which I'm excited about. And what, what are they expecting? What's, what's the deliverable like? Is it 20 different versions of one sentence or like what's the work required now that I'm hired? Sure. So if you're talking about working in a traditional radio environment, it's moving away from the fact that you need to turn up somewhere and be produced. But still, there's a lot of that going on in the industry. So they'll want you to appear somewhere or at the very least connect over ISDN or now that's a bit antiquated. So now we're going to IPDTL, which is um, essentially ISDN or studio quality down an internet connection. So really good quality connection. But you'll expect to be on the line to a producer maybe for up to an hour uh, or maybe more for one read just until uh, for as long until the producer is happy that they've got the right read. So they're like, oh, that was good. But can you just say this like that? Can you say so in the industry? That's how it would be expected. Now, for instance, with Music Radio Creative, because we work with pros, we work completely differently. Uh, we'll say, uh, give us at least three takes uh, with different styles, and that'll be enough because we, we trust and know that it's going to be exactly what we want. But yes, you can expect to be either online produced or maybe in your home studio recording. A lot of clients these days will just say, you know, send me enough takes, send me four, five, six different takes that I can use. And then, yeah, they can be edited later on. And they just take it from there. Cool. And is this something that could be done on the side for people or is it something that would require a person going kind of full time with it? Yeah, absolutely. That's the way you'd build it up is you can start with it on the side. You can start like sending demos and working with people and then eventually go full time. So, yeah, a lot of people do this as a, a side hustle uh, to supplement their income. Some people actually, um, particularly when I was working radio, they don't even have a pro uh, voiceover studio in their home or uh, in an office. They actually just use the radio station, set up a microphones and they'll just like, you know, bang out a few voiceovers and, and make some money that way. So, wow. yeah. Cool. Okay, so give me something to read, and I want you to teach me how to read it in the proper way that I could then submit it to somewhere as like a demo. So maybe we could pull out a book or something, and, and I don't know if you have any tips. Whatever book is interesting to you there on that shelf, and you could give me some tips on uh, like how I can you know, do it in different ways or how I might be able to better position myself so that I would get hired. I didn't tell you we were going to do this, by the way. So That's okay. <laughs> hopefully this is okay. And you picked up Ready Player One by Ernest Klein, one of my favorite books. Okay, fantastic. So reading is a requirement. That's requirement number one. You have to know how to read. You so know, have to know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to start? Do you want to, do you want to give it a go? And uh, the first Okay, first I'll read the first paragraph. Okay. And then you give me some tips, okay? Everyone my age remembers where they were and what they were doing when they first heard about the contest. 
I was sitting in my hideout watching cartoons when the news bulletin broke in on my video feed, announcing that James Halliday had died during the night. Okay, that's great. So already, as you've, I know you've narrated audiobooks before, so you kind of know what you're doing. Um, the first thing I would say is if you are reading it, a lot of people will start and they'll read very monotone. They'll say, this is an audiobook. Right. Like they're reading in their head, like everyone my age remembers where they were and what they were doing when they first heard about the contest. Exactly. But you're throwing life into it. Everyone remembers like that. Uh, so that's a good thing. The one thing I would say uh, with your read there is just slow down a little bit. Okay. I do tend to talk fast. Yeah. My audience knows it. <laughs> Especially when you're kinda, you feel like you're being recorded. Um, but yeah, breathe, take a breath. I am a little bit nervous now. Why did I do this? And also the, the other thing I would advise you to do, and I think we can do this in this setup, is actually to stand up because that changes the whole dynamic, opens your diaphragm up right. and Standing. you'll sound better. I'm moving to a standing position. Let's Here I am. Again. Okay. So you want me to do it again? Yes. People are walking by like, what are these guys doing? Okay, here we go. Everyone my age remembers where they were and what they were doing when the... Oh, too fast. Sorry. Okay. Everyone my age remembers where they were and what they were doing when they first heard about the contest. I was sitting in my hideout watching cartoons when the news bulletin broke in on my video feed, announcing that James Halliday had died during the night. There you go. That sounds a million times better to me just because you're open. Yeah. You, it just feels good. So always, um, most voiceover artists, as a matter of course, will actually stand up uh, when they're talking. And I, even I feel more energetic now standing up. Um, the other thing is just be a little more natural. So with audiobook narration, often um, this is a tip I hear when you're doing a commercial read or something like that, uh, is try not to put, put it on too much. Try not to be everyone remembers, you know, kind of thing. Just imagine you're standing across from a mate and you just like everyone remembers that, you know, and just keep it really natural as if you're just reading it uh, to a friend or to your kids or something like that. Cool. So that's a audiobook reading and there is an industry of audiobooks out there and yes, you could probably do a business and yes. there's a lot of people publishing books on Amazon that would be where I would start to reach out hey would you like me to read your audiobook and you know you can get a couple hundred dollars for that if not more absolutely there is a program on Amazon ACX uh, that you can join up to and you can join either as a publisher or as a, a talent and if you join that I think it's available in some countries maybe not all definitely the US and UK um, you can join and you can see all the audiobooks that need narration uh, and then just click in and submit little samples and you like you could be doing that all day really wow that's cool. So that's a good money-making opportunity, for example. Uh, then, of course, you could do different voices. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, you know what? I do voices. I do voices with my kids and that sounds like fun. Uh, so doing a little demo of you doing different voices would make sense. How might that demo sort of work uh, or, or feel? Yeah, so that would be a great idea. I quite like the idea that you mentioned earlier about the Pokemon characters of like having yourself like uh, with a camera and the microphone on screen and then popping up the character on screen as you're doing that character. So video demo, uh, not vid just audio. Video demo is a great idea. Another thing you can do, there are programs, I can't think of one off the top of my head, where you can, um, kind of like Snapchat, where it puts a filter over your face, but you can... Um, filter yourself to look like a celebrity. I'm sure there's something like that out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't, I can't remember the name of what it might be. So you could actually put that celebrity over your face, like say it's Gordon Ramsay. You could uh, superimpose Gordon Ramsay. Can and you then, do a Gordon Ramsay? No, no. And anyway- Get would, out of my kitchen! <laughs> it would definitely not be for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have kids who listen to the audience, yeah. so we don't want that. Uh, okay, fantastic. This is great. I think a lot of people might get inspired to start trying something. And I think that's the big lesson there. What can you say to those who are like, you know, this sounds interesting. I have a voice. 
who knows? Let's see what happens. But now the demons are starting to talk to them in their heads. They're starting to get a little scared. And voiceover work, you have to kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit and, and be open. What advice might you have for somebody just starting out in this industry to just try it out and, and be comfortable? Yeah, just get started, get a microphone and start recording, even if it's just for you to listen to or to play to, to one friend or trusted family member who's going to give you some feedback. Um, because, yeah, if it's family, they're generally always going to tell you that you're great. So you probably start with a little bit well, of confidence. It depends boost. on the family member, but yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. That's it. And um, and start young. There's never too early a time to get started in voiceover. You might think, you know, oh, I'm really young, you know, I'm in single digits and, uh, you know, I've, I've got a high voice. It hasn't even broken yet, but there's a big demand for child voiceovers. And then when your voice does break, there's a, a whole new voice for you to start doing. So start early, start fast and, and just get it going because it's a great industry and there's a bright future for it unless AI takes over. And those um, those generated computer voices are sounding really good now. Yeah. What, what's your take on that in terms of how can we, and this is just for anybody in a, in a position where AI might take over, how do we, how do we protect ourselves from, from that and, you know, keep a career when that stuff's happening? That's a good question. Uh, just be really passionate about your voiceover, put a lot of emotion in, because that's something that is getting better, but it's still hard for AI to do. Otherwise, it's, it's about relationship building, I, I think, because you as a human, you can build a relationship with another human, whereas an AI can't really build a relationship, uh, although it is easier, but it's not there yet. So yeah, it's it's always going to be there. But I think we should be looking about ways that we can integrate AI into our businesses, whatever it is, because every business, I think every business in the future will have the threat, if you want to call it threat, or maybe um, help of AI in the future. Um, we just need to think about how can we use that in our business to our advantage to make things better and easier for people. Fantastic. Mike from musicradiocreative.com. Check it out. Uh, what can people expect when they get there? What, what should they look at and, and how can you help them? Absolutely. Thanks, Pat. So yeah, you can go to the website and uh, it's musicradiocreative.com. Uh, you can click in, click around, uh, play some of the demos. You can type in a script, order online or get in touch with us. There's a podcast page there with production and everything like that. And I have a YouTube channel where I do my best to help people with audio production techniques, ideas, making your voice sound better. So if you're just getting started in voiceover, want some tips, uh, it's all there on YouTube. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me in the studio today. Cool. Thanks, Pat. It's a pleasure. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mike Russell. You can find him and his team and his crew there to help you at musicradiocreative.com. We've got a great relationship with him and uh, they often really, really well serve our podcasting students for voiceovers and royalty-free music. But as you can see on musicradiocreative.com, they have a lot of services there. And Mike, thank you so much for listening to the show. And Isabella, I know you're listening to this as well. I appreciate you and what you guys do over there at MRC. And I recommend everybody check them out. If you'd like to get the links and the resources mentioned in this episode and all in, a, all in one spot, just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 415. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 415. Team Flynn, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already done so because we have a lot of great content coming your way to help you and your business and give you some ideas and inspiration and inspiration and education on growing and scaling and, and building your business and overcoming all those demons that you have in your head that's, that are trying to stop you. We here at Team Flynn are here for you. And that's not just me. That's not just my team, but it's the entire community. We are all in this for each other. 
and thank you so much. And um, yeah, hit subscribe. I look forward to serving you next Wednesday when the episodes come out. So look out for that episode then. If not, or if you're just hungry for the rest of the content that's in the archive, go ahead and listen to the next episode. Whatever's available to you or whatever is of interest to you, uh, just hit play. I promise you it's gonna be helpful. Cheers, thanks so much. I appreciate you. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.